You're listening to Empowered Parenting, real parents, real stories. Tune in to help you and your children build resilience. Let's get connected. Welcome to the podcast, Empowered Parenting, Real Parents, Real Stories. Today's episode is all about being a parent in the pandemic. None of us have a roadmap for this. None of us have ever encountered this level of stress before. And and we're going to be meeting a new parent. Her name is Robin. She has three kids, seven, 10, and 12. And we're really just going to be hearing about how her mental health is and how her and her family are doing. So let's get right into it. Robin, so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for joining us. I feel like this is probably like the hottest topic these days. We're talking about COVID and we are talking about how parents are managing. And so I'm going to just like pass the floor to you and ask you, how are you and how has life been for you and your family during this pandemic, particularly during this most recent lockdown? Well, thanks so much for having me, Cindy. Uh, Always a pleasure. Um, I'm not sure how to describe how it's been, but it's been like a total shit show. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's actually a perfect description. It has been really tricky. Just I have three children, 12, 10, and seven, and they are all here at home. And my husband, who's normally at work all day, is at home. And he likes things to be quiet because he's busy on client meetings and the kids like things to be loud and crazy. So it's just really tricky, really tricky. And so what, you know, especially during the time where like kids were doing online learning, you are essentially uh, a wife, a mother, a teacher, a doctor, uh, a housekeeper, (laughs) all those things all rolled into one. How has it impacted your mental health and your stress level needing to kind of be the navigator of all this? Well, I think, you know, I have a very supportive husband, so that's been lovely. And we go into each day thinking we've, you know, we can manage, it's not the end of the world. Um, And then as the day goes on, client demands happen. He's got to run up. He wants it to be quiet in the house or he runs up to the office, which is our bedroom and closes the door. And I'm left with three children. Um, so it's, it's tricky. It's hard to divide your time. It's hard to be everything to everyone. I think my kids have been really brave um, in that they seem to just take it on. But I also think they show their emotions through some of their actions. So if I'm busy with my 10-year-old, my 7-year-old sees that and immediately comes over and has a major need. Um mommy, I need the scissors or whatever it is. I really, really need the scissors. You know, it's just try to be hard to try to be everywhere um, for all three of them. And meanwhile, my 12 year old is thrilled because she's split her screen and is playing games instead of listening to her classes. (laughs) (laughs) So is it fair for me to say that you have essentially been like a version of a human octopus needing to have hands and arms in all places being pulled in a million different directions and trying so hard to kind of meet everybody's needs, knowing that you are only one human and only able to do so much. Yeah, I think that's very fair. And I I think every day, you know, you start the day thinking I can handle this and, you know, it's not like we had to go to war. It's not like anyone is sick in our family. We're really fortunate, but then you get through to maybe noon and you've got to get lunch on the table for everyone, but it's already 1230 and people are starting their afternoon calls. So it's, it's tricky. So Cindy, it's so interesting listening to Robin talk about 
how her journey of resilience every day, it really resonated with me because she talks about how her and her husband wake up every day and say, like, I can handle this. And for me, it's so different. Like I wake up every morning with this like overwhelming feeling of dread and I spend my day trying to find my, I can handle this, like my moments of I can handle this, but it's never, it's rarely like a clear, like, okay, here we go. It's like tidbits of it. So it was just so interesting. I was sort of like jealous of her ability to wake up every day um, and say, I can handle this, <laughs> even though okay. it was way. I was going to say like, let's not no, forget. Lunchtime, the bagels come out and it's gone, I guess. <laughs> right. So the I can handle this moment seems, you know, from what Robin said, you know, by noon, that moment might be out the window. And and I think, you know, what you're saying and what Robin's saying, I, I think it all points to the same theme. And that is particularly now during this pandemic where life is so different than what we're used to and, and so extra loaded with stress. I think parents are struggling to find their resilience to be able to, you know, maybe at the beginning we were able to be resilient, but this has been going on a really, really long time and, and resilience is really getting stretched. And so getting through each day is a challenge. I find I have anxiety going to bed because I'm anticipating the dread of the morning. So like there's periods of the day where I feel like I'm in the clear and then periods of the day where the dread starts like, like creeping in. You know, a hundred percent. And and I'm going to guess here, but correct me if I'm wrong. When we have a moment in our day where things are going smoothly. So let's say, you know, kids are doing their online and, and things are flowing well. Perhaps those are moments where we could feel our resilience. But throw in a curveball, like a computer is glitching. A kid is having a tantrum about something. Um, moods are low. All of a sudden, our resilience likely gets a bit compromised in those moments. And because we're home all day with our kids and perhaps our partners, those opportunities are much more frequent. If you think of a normal day pre-pandemic, most of us kind of have this huge chunk during the day where presumably our kids maybe are in childcare or school where we get a bit of a parenting break. And so that's not happening now. And so, you know, it's interesting, Robin kind of alluded to the exact same thing that you just said, Elisa where, you know, she talks about kind of things maybe get to a, pl a place of stability or quiet, but then all of a sudden her husband needs to be engaged in something work-wise and he needs the house to be quiet as he's doing his work. But as she said, her, her husband likes quiet, her kids like loud. And then all of a sudden she has the one who has to manage that. She has to manage the needs of everybody, which is why I called her an octopus. Right. Okay, so let's listen in and see how she's managing it all. I'm really curious to hear. So Robin, in light of the fact that, like so many parents, you have been asked to take on so much more than you probably ever imagined, uh, because I think this pandemic is not like anything we've ever experienced and definitely not like anything we've ever parented through. And we can talk about how it's hard for kids and, and all the struggles they may have, but I'm actually really interested to know how you are managing. How do you get through the day? Well, some days are better than others. Um, I find, uh, you know, I can get through about six days and then I honestly, I just melt down. So that might look like 
me telling my husband, I'm not getting out of bed in the morning. So he has to get the kids onto their calls all by himself. (laughs) Or it might look like me at the end of the day saying, oh, I'm just running to get the groceries. And I have pulled over on the side of the road. And an hour later, my husband calls me to say, oh, it's only a 20 minute drive to get the groceries. Like what happened to you? Are you okay? Because I just pulled over on the side of the road and called a friend because I needed to get away from everybody. Um, Those are, those are the kinds of things that are happening with me right now. I just, every seven days or so I need just a little, a little reset. Um, I'm going to tell you, Robin, you're, threshold for tolerating adversity <laughs> is remarkable. The fact that you only need that once every seven days is quite something. You know, certainly there are parents out there who literally like, you know, within an hour are in such a state of stress given everything loaded on their plate and, and to get through a day feels so daunting. For you, Robin, do you, do you feel like you're getting it right? Or do you ever worry that you aren't getting it as right as you think you ought to? whatever that means. No, I totally don't think I'm getting it right. I think, I think everyone is just hanging by a thread in our house. Um, you know, you're trying to, you know, make sure that everybody's muted so that no one hears you speaking sternly to one child who's, you know, playing video games instead of attending their class. And then you realize you actually, they weren't muted. So your voice is being broadcast to the entire parent community of your child's <laughs> class, which is really embarrassing. Um, so no, I feel like I get it wrong a lot of days. Yeah, I bet. And I, and I think, you know, on, on some level, we're so limited as to what we have access to, to help fill up our tanks. You know, if you think about pre-pandemic, lots of parents went to work. Maybe at the time it didn't feel like a luxury, but it actually sounds like a luxury right now. Kids were busy with activities. Lots of parents sometimes made time to have a date night or go out with a friend. Uh, Lots of parents had opportunities to maybe go out for a run or a walk. All these things that on some level we probably took for granted, um, but that we had as an outlet. As a whole, if I came into your house at some random moment, maybe not one of the good moments, let's say one of the trickier moments, and I had some kind of magical thermometer that was able to take the emotional temperature of your house. So that includes each individual person's moods, the relationships between all the people in your house, and you got several. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being, we're a disaster. One being, (laughs) we are sailing through this. One would never know there was a hardship. Where would you rate the temperature in your home? I think we're an eight. We're a, we're a solid eight. There may be moments when we're a 10 and some when we're a six, but we're never, we're never below six here. Yeah. With five people, it's that there's always somebody feeling one of whom is, is 12 years old. So just going through puberty and all of the hormone changes and there's a, there's a lot of emotions going on here. Yeah. So is it fair to me to say that there's probably always some version of a fire that has to be put out? A hundred percent. The only time of day there's not a fire that has to be put out is tech time. So when all three children are on their devices, like not school devices, but, you know, video games and chilling out, chit-chatting with friends on their phone, um, I would say maybe then we're like four. But other than that one point of time in the day, and as soon as that ends, of course, it's a 10. When you say tech time's over, we go right to 10. Robin? You don't even know it now. 
but we are actually going to do a whole podcast episode on exactly that on tech time specifically during the pandemic so hold I'm all listening those into that one <laughs> you're you're, you're going to be on that one so you are going to be our guest parent to talk about that okay and so i think the reality is given that we don't have a lot of outlets and there we can only do so much I think what's so important, and and you identified it earlier, Robin, as kind of a statement that you and your husband try to make on a daily basis, is finding ways to have affirmations and statements to oneself that, that breed resilience, okay? It's another day. Things could definitely be worse. We will get through this day. And to be able to be compassionate to ourselves as parents and say, now might not be the time that I have to be the best parent ever, that it's okay during this difficult time to be a good enough parent some of the time. And I, and I think that if as a parent, we're able to be compassionate to ourselves and take ourselves off the hook a little bit, that might be the biggest thing we have to play with and the biggest outlet we have because that we have access to. That's our self-talk. That's the stuff we say to ourselves. No, it's the difference between having that morning where in our head we're saying, oh my God, I cannot do this for one more minute. I quit. I'm done. I never signed up for this when I chose to be a mother. This is not what life is supposed to be like versus saying, okay, here we go again. I'm strong. I'm the mother of this household. I'm the captain of this ship. I can handle this. And things don't have to be perfect. The kitchen doesn't have to be tidy. The kids could have a bit more screen time. Yep, they may not pay attention fully to their online class, but that's okay. It's okay. Because when we're compassionate to ourselves, inevitably, we also become more compassionate to the little humans in our household who also so desperately need a lot of compassion because this is hard on them too. We at least have the mental wherewithal to kind of use logic, watch CNN, watch the news and like, and, and, ground some of our thoughts and feelings in logic. Kids don't. They have logic in that we can explain to them what's going on, but it's not the same for them. And their life has been turned upside down and they're just feeling it all. And so the idea of being able to extend compassion to kids by giving them extra love, by letting them know like it's okay to sometimes have a mood. It's okay to be really unhappy about this online learning. This is not the fun way to learn. And to be able to be compassionate, because compassion is likely a very, very big component in surviving through this and building resiliency. Elise, I have to tell you, I was watching you while you were listening to Robin speak, and I actually saw tears welling up in your eyes. And so before we actually like jump into what we were talking about with Robin, I actually am wondering if it's okay for me to ask, like, what was going on for you in that moment? Yeah. So I was listening to her and I, I I had a visual. So she was talking about, you said, if you walk into her house and that somebody in her house is always at an eight or a 10. And so I was visualizing in my house, what it looks like. And so I don't actually think that in my house, somebody is always at an eight or a 10. Like my seven-year-old is, he could be at an eight, at eight or a 10 at any given moment, but that's, it's worse in the pandemic, but it's, it's that sort of life with him in general. What I was visualizing is this calm sort of house around me, but yet internally 
I'm always at an eight or a 10, but it's not visible to anybody. So I feel like I'm carrying around that 10 by myself all the time. And it sounded to me like Robin is, if her house isn't at an eight or a 10, then she's okay. And so I sort of felt to myself, like, what's going on with me that I'm at an eight or a 10 and, and nobody else can see that. It felt kind of lonely. Um, wow. Elisa, that's so powerful and raw and honest. And I actually think what you just said, like, it actually identifies something about parenting period. Like not it's exasperated during the pandemic, but this idea of, and I, and I wonder for you if some of your internal eight or 10 is this real, real anxiety about, am I getting this right? And on top of that, this very hard personal layer of why can't I be more a five why can't I find a way to not feel so stressed and just function a little bit better? And I think I certainly know in my practice, I speak to so many parents and, and it actually is predominantly moms who are actually having a very similar experience to you, Elisa, where, where they could kind of make it look like they're doing okay and they're they're managing their family well and they're managing their spouse well, but internally so stressed and worried about, um, but I don't really think I'm doing good enough and why can't I cope better? And, and I think Robin even highlighted that when she made a comment of, you know, she she sounds so strong. She sounds so calm in, in our conversation. But when I say to her, like, do you worry that you're not getting it right? And her answer was like, all the time, all the time, I worry that I'm getting it wrong. And, and I, I think, I think there's, let me just finish this last thought. I think there is a little bit of this invisible reality that is going on internally. And I'm going to say so much for moms of turmoil during this time. And it's invisible. And talk about the weight of the expectation that a lot of moms feel to feel like they have to have it all together internally, externally, that they are expected to get it all right. And I think to your point, Elisa, and to highlight what Robin said, it's not like that. And so how do we allow the invisible to be visible? Because if it stays invisible, well, that's going to cause a big problem for, for you, for other parents who are feeling this way, for moms. Uh, and and that makes me worried about kind of the mental health of parents in that moment. Right. And when you said to Robin, you know, it's important to not worry about the kitchen being cleaned and it's important to not worry about if your kids are getting on their Zoom call or how much tech time they're having, you know, to let ourselves off the hook for that. It really resonated for me. Like I was listening to her, you know, and like she was acknowledging what you were saying and I'm acknowledging what you're saying and I can understand it intellectually. And I do let myself off the hook. I've lowered my standards tremendously with your help, actually. Um, but it doesn't bring me any internal peace. And I was so I was listening to Robin wondering, does she get peace from lowering her standards? Is she she can give we can give ourselves the compassion and say, okay, it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to get it wrong. But does that bring us internal peace? And so I was just wondering if she feels peaceful in that moment, because I don't. 
And I wonder what I could do to feel peaceful. So I let my standards down and I think it helps in terms of energy. And I'm sure it helps her in terms of her energy because like she has three kids, I only have two. And it sounds like her house is really busy. But so that's what I sort of was wondering in that moment. Like, you know, like compassion is one thing, but you can give yourself the compassion, but does it, like, how does it, I'm trying to visualize this compassion going through my body and actually bringing me peace, you know, like, like trickling, like, like this dye in my body, you know, like. It's such a good point. And I, I think what you're kind of explaining, Elisa, is the dichotomy between our brain and our emotional body, because we can say to ourselves, you know, I'm going to take on this day. I'll do the best that I can. I'm going to be easy on myself and lower my expectations. And so that's a very good, compassionate nutrition for our brain. But those thoughts, those words, how do they get translated into your guts, like into your actual emotional body to bring you the actual feelings of peace that you're identifying? And what you're saying, you're, the flow is not happening. You can say this stuff to your brain. You could know it. You can concretize it by actually changing the structure in your home and making it a little bit more flexible. But it is not flowing down into your emotional body. And in your emotional body, you're still feeling so stressed and anxious and worried. And I have to be honest, like the message I would want parents who are listening to hear is that because these are such unusual times, we have to actually pay close attention to our emotional body. And if we are, despite all of our efforts, feeling so tangled up and stressed and anxious, and it's really compromising us, it's not a bad idea to think about get some help call someone, call a professional, have someone help you manage that, even if it's just for the duration of the pandemic, because our emotional bodies are pretty critical in terms of how we function, especially as women. Our emotional bodies are our hugest compass. And so if those are feeling tattered and frail, it's going to feel like it's really compromising us and that deserves to get some attention. And that's why I think is so important. Like one of the reasons why I always think about the mental health of parents and not just like strategy-based parenting is because like you can tell me the strategy of, of dealing with the 10 in my house and you can tell me the strategy of, you know, threading compassion into my house, but I have to be able to sustain that. <laughs> I have to be able to go over like each mountain, each mountain, each mountain and, 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 and have the internal um, strength to keep going and going and going. And I feel like that's what's the pandemic has like chiseled away for me almost like it's like the strategies are good, but I need more than strategies right now. Like, because maybe the strategies feel like they tackle the outside, the concrete, the logic, but maybe the strategies don't necessarily get consolidated in the internal. Um, and that's a really important thing to identify, a really important thing to pay attention to, and a really important thing to not be ashamed of. You know, we take on this huge responsibility as we parent, especially mothers, to feel like we we ought to feel competent. And that's not always true. And that's okay. I think it's actually unrealistic to think that we will always feel competent. And so to not feel ashamed to say, I'm unraveling inside. And despite everything I'm trying, I feel awful um, and incompetent on my inside. And that deserves to be spoken about. Yeah. 
And then I guess the flip side to that is, is that there really is a place, you know, there, then you can go like jump into a different bucket of like, okay, well, I really am like with what Robin said, like the thing that is like the saving grace in her house is also like the cause of such stress. So like screen time, like how do you take something that is like on one hand, so amazing on the other hand, the cause of such issue like what is the strategy what is the thinking and so like she gave us this like perfect segue into next week of like this giant pink elephant in the room which is screen time cindy help us like how do we how do we deal with that um i think that like this idea of compassion and internal temperature and strategy is so interesting and ties us really nicely into our episode for next week of how do we deal with screen time in the in the pandemic And so I think that probably is a great way to wrap up today's podcast with a tune in to next time because Robin's going to come back and we are going to talk about just that screen time in the pandemic. And it might seem a bit weird to devote an entire podcast to screen use, but it has been massive and it's been a massive issue. And so tune in. Robin will be returning and we will be talking about screen time in the pandemic. 